You're listening to the Geek Legacy Escape Pod. The crew coming together and gelling and becoming this like you know intergalactic family that we know and love. And wacky mayhem ensues. It just feels like they're trying so hard to capture the fans of the original series. Yeah, that was hot garbage. It, he just got like weird, like creepy uncle weird. That was a bold choice. Yeah, I, I had fun with it. It's true. It was the 80s. It must be so bad that they just never <laughs> You won't make it in the future, do they? I don't think so, no. I am not a Tashi R fan. That's probably the nicest thing I will say. That is absolutely perfect way to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, and welcome back to Geek Legacy's Escape Pod. Uh, This week, the Escape Pod is a little bit heavier than usual because we have an extra member of the crew uh, taking up all the oxygen in this Escape Pod. (laughs) I am your humble host, Mr. Randy Van Dyke, and with me uh, is one of my bestest friends in the world, Mr. Justin Cavender. How are you doing this fine evening? I am fabulous. I was going to call our guest a red shirt, but then I saw that I'm wearing a red shirt, so that wouldn't work out too well. But I'm doing good. Well, we all knew that, Justin, you're going to be the first out the airlock, so... I believe um, it. <laughs> just because you... Uh, David, how are you doing this fine evening? <laughs> I'm I would be doing better if I, I didn't have to watch this episode, but yeah, doing great. <laughs> oh, I think I know where you're going to be leaning. Um, and we're going to have a fourth voice in this episode who uh, will have a vote that doesn't count, probably, <laughs> but... <laughs> He's a felon, and you can't vote when you're a felon. <laughs> Mr. Josh Moss, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. First you call me fat, and now you say my vote doesn't matter. I'm, I'm doing hey, great. I am, the last, I am the last person in the world to call anybody fat. I'm just saying you're sucking up some air in here, and we are a very small escape pod. Generally, we can only fly for about 30 minutes in duration. That's why our episodes are so short. And um, we got to land this ship somewhere. So yeah, just just direct me to the airlock, and uh, I'll take out the trash, and then yeah, we'll get we'll get moving. All right. Speaking of taking out the trash, this week's episode is called Symbiosis. Uh, it originally aired sept- or uh, April sixteenth in nineteen eighty eight. Uh, IMDb is giving it a generous seven point zero stars. And the little blurb is the enterprise encounters two neighboring cultures, one suffering from a plague, the other marketing a cure and learns that nothing is as simple as it seems. Um, I can tell from David's reaction that uh, he's probably a nay going into this, but we're going to try something a little bit different this week Um, because so often our votes have been so close or, you know, maybe one of us has given a really convincing argument and maybe kind of flip flopped one of us over to, to seeing, their side of things so we want to start at this time just kind of like off of just your your gut reaction after watching this episode where are you leaning you know are you leaning towards yay or leaning towards nay and then we'll check back in at the end to see what your actual vote's going to be i'll start off i actually kind of enjoyed this i liked the the after school special psa just say no to drugs kind of element to it so my my leaning is a little bit yay right now um just for funds, because you're 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 our, our guest, and we want to treat you well till we throw you in the airlock. Josh, what do you think of this one? <laughs> Full disclosure: uh, I am a pharmacist, so I'm a legal drug dealer in this case, and uh, so this had a special uh, hit in my heart, I guess I would say here. So after watching it, it was definitely a PSA, but I enjoyed it, so I, I lean toward yay on this one as well. All right, David, I think I already know your answer, but let's hear it out of the horse's mouth. 
I, I had to rewind this episode like like ten times just because I just found myself just totally like just drifting off into like oh look at the color of this wall oh look at this look at that and I'm like oh crap I missed something and I don't want to be the guy who like doesn't pay attention and doesn't like it you know I put my phone far away so I get my full attention to this so I, I I don't come off like an asshole but I always come off an asshole anyway so it doesn't really matter but yeah I'm 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 a pretty ensconced you know nay. Um, you know, I expected Nancy Reagan to like pop up at any moment and say like, just say no <laughs> type thing. Um, but, um, you know, I think it has a fun parable to, uh, you know, the modern crisis with the opioids and stuff. Wow. And Justin, what did you think going into it? Yeah. Or coming um, directly out of it. Sure. I, I, I wasn't sold after I watched it. Uh, like you, I totally was thinking of like total dare, you know, like drug abuse resistance education. I'm like, wow, this is a 100% of PSA, especially with Will Wheaton talking about, how does anyone do drugs? <laughs> and and uh, Tasha Yar just like telling all the glowing, glorious, like, oh, yeah. you feel so good. And the fucking smile on her face when she did it. <laughs> yeah. Like, on my planet, we did fucking 18 <laughs> lines of coke before work. It was great. Yeah. While they're trying to escape from the rape squads. Right, right. My two favorite yeah. characters talking to, talking together. Yeah, they're on screen. It's great. And worse like these, up on screen. Worse like white people. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it was pretty great. Uh, but no, I mean, I thought it wasn't. I've never been a fan of this episode. I've seen it a couple times. And so I am curious to get your guys' perspectives on why it's a good one, especially when we see that IMDb ranking that you were talking about. Where yeah, uh, this crazy. episode was, you know, 7.0, um, especially when you have like, you know, Farmer John and and Hobo Henry over there trying to <laughs> get some drugs, and I'm just, I was like, wasn't wasn't a fan, right? And, and, so, I, and I think, oh sorry, no, I, that's it, that's all I got. Oh, I was gonna say that there there are two real heavy messages, and I think by trying to get them both in, they kind of I think muddle the point. You know, there's a big problem, you know, in you know our country and our world about like big pharma, you know, and so like you know the Bactads or whatever the aliens start with a B, you know, they were clearly like big pharma just looking out to make money. They don't care about curing things. But then it shifted from like a big pharma narrative to like a, you know, an addiction narrative and, you know, you know, junkies and, you know, you know, getting high on your own supply type nonsense. And uh, so I think if they would have stuck with one of those narratives, I think I would have been a little more like keen on them. Um, you know, I think it would have been a very interesting narrative if it's just these people don't want to give them the drugs because they want to make money. But because they shifted from it, it kind of, it kind of muddied the water for me, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because uh, while it does really, uh, it, it says a lot about where we were, were as kind of um, from a cultural standpoint in the U.S., talking about drugs in the 80s, coming right off of the Reagan administration with the big Nancy Reagan just say no uh, campaign, that kind of thing. And the prevalence in the late 80s of those after-school specials, like I mentioned, or PSAs, that kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of really strong imagery and a lot of really strong phrases that still uh, permeate the pop culture that came out of that period of the 80s. That's a very, it echoes a very anti-drug sentiment. And this just sounds Sounds like another avenue of pop culture being Star Trek, uh, just trying to put their spin on it to get it out there and like, hey, if we're if the kids think we're cool and we're kind of relevant, maybe they'll they'll pay attention. And it just felt a little heavy handed uh, as far as that goes. But because of the fact that it is universal and it is something that still speaks to us today, I think that's one of the things that you know makes it 
you know, it may, maybe not the the wardrobe or, or some of the things that, that some of the ways that it looks uh, doesn't age as well. But I think the message ages well. Mm-hmm. Is what I I'm trying to say. Sure. So, uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll step in here for one second. Uh, first off, just let me get it out here that I'm obviously a huge fan of the podcast, but I am a Trek newbie as it comes. Uh, this is my first watch through through a lot of these episodes. I started because you guys started it. And so. I'm along as a new person here. So these are all fresh to me. And this one, right when they initially started and when Crusher popped up and said, uh, there's definitely a plague that was here at some point, but we don't show anything in these, in these, uh, these two dudes that are, you know, the hillbilly looking ones. I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to be a drug episode. You know, you can already tell what well, one group is the, the supply, you know, the dealer, the other ones are the ones that need it. And especially when they're talking about payment and no payment and kind of going back and forth. So, and then it just turned exactly like what Randy was saying, just into a total PSA for, you know, drugs are bad. Okay. They're not even hiding it. I mean, they're sitting there like they're, they're Jones in for it. They're shaking. They got the sweat. They got the, yeah. the red around oh. their eyes. They're acting oh, it was crazy. completely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yep. threatening to kill somebody with like their 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 electric powers that they apparently have, but like we never really explore where these powers came from or uh, what they do with them, what they're meant to do with them. They're, it's pretty Riker much just a, a con- dose of it. Yeah, it's, it's a convenient uh, way to hold Riker hostage while they're trying exactly. to exactly. You got to, you got to make supply. the greatest face that whole time. I know. Yeah, he's just like hold that face, please, for at least a minute. <laughs> he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Jonathan Frakes is a professional. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting too, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but the two, and I don't remember the names of the the two races, but they're actually reversed. The ones that were actually the drug dealers were the technologically deficient group, and the one that became the drug users were actually the ones that were ahead. So I don't know if that's another commentary or a social commentary that drugs get in your society and something happens and then you lose all your push toward advancement or technology and then someone else kind of took over. I I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah. So the Anarans are the druggies and the the Breckens are the the dealers. Sounds like such a nerd knowing their names, even though I know you're looking at a screen. Yeah. (laughs) I'm looking right here on the Wikipedia. Yeah. And and what a nerd would say. (laughs) <laughs> that that does actually say a lot about society because uh yeah the drug dealers they are they 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 put their entire focus of their entire planet into getting this extract from whatever plant they get the uh, the drug from and then refining it and then we find out by the end of the episode it's not just refining it it's basically strengthening its power and making it more addictive um so that when they try to sell it to these poor inarans that you know they're completely hooked on it and there this is a culture that the inarans who had superior technology they are capable of space travel um and they were considered the one that that progressed faster between the two, but they're completely crippled to the point where they're letting their array of spaceships fall into disrepair. And uh, eventually they're not going to be able to contact this other neighboring planet to be able to get their supply of drugs uh, simply because they did not pursue any of their technological advancements and they're just living for their next fix. Uh, and Dr. Crusher discovers partway into it that, yeah, you know, there was a plague, but I suspect that this thing's been over for like 200 years and now they're just fucking addicted. They show all the signs of addiction and now it's just like, it becomes a matter of the prime directive. And I think that's kind of, I mean, that's definitely the biggest crux of the episode. I feel like is, um, 
how how does the prime directive serve both of these cultures and now that the enterprise has interfered the way it did by saving uh both of these 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 small groups of people the two people representing each side of the different uh factions um from a ship that's about ready to to enter the atmosphere and it's getting disintegrated and it's going to blow up. They rescue the cargo and then they rescue these two or these four people. And it's like, they've already kind of interfered with what was going to happen in that interaction there. How can they preserve the, the prime directive and not fuck up either of their cultures? Um, you know, do they give the drugs to the addicts because they feel like they need it and they feel like they're going to die without it? Um, or do they do they let them know that hey you're clear you're you're fucking cured of this shit you don't need it you haven't had the plague in two hundred years you guys are just addicts and it'll go away like wait a, like two <laughs> weeks and you'll be fucking fine you know um, Elysium is the name of the drug by the way Elysium thank you which I mean is kind of lazy naming because doesn't that just mean happy in like a bunch of different root languages and Latin and shit. Felice. I think, I think it's a happy spell in Harry Potter, actually. Felix Felicis. Is the, <laughs> yeah. is the, I've been going to my potions class daily. Fucking Hufflepuff. That's the lucky potion, I think. Isn't I it? think I think it is too. I think that is the, the lucky potion. Um, but I mean, <laughs> but I, did, I, did, I did like. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, so they're talking about the Prime Directive. Uh, I think that that was a bit of a cop-out only because we've had multiple episodes where they have literally just thrown the Prime Directive out the fucking starship, where they are changing the way cultures do things and interfering. And I was like, all right, so now when you're really faced with a moral quandary, you're like, well, we got this Prime Directive thing, so we're not going to go ahead and do it. But as soon as it affects one of their crew members, then they immediately you know, throw that book out the window and they do whatever they got to do. And so I thought that was kind of bullshit in a lot of ways. You know, he, I, I wrote it down cause it, it stuck with me, but he says, when they're at the turbo left at the end, he's like, the prime directive is not just a set of rules. It's a philosophy, a very correct one. History has proved again and again that whenever mankind interferes with a less developed civilization, no matter how well intentioned their interference may be, the results will be disastrous. To which Beverly replied, it's hard to be philosophical when faced with suffering. Believe me, Beverly, there was only one decision. I just hope it was the right one. You may never know. And yeah, so, so, so that, that, that just very clearly cements their stances on it. Picard was very much for uh, upholding the, the prime directive. And Dr. Crusher was like, these people are, are, are suffering. We have to tell them. We can't give them the drugs. We have to tell them that they're going to be fine. They just have to wait it out. Uh, but that would have been going against the prime directive. And they were both very adamant about it. Mm -hmm. and th but I mean, and in like that episode, Angel 1, where they're basically telling these these women how to run their fucking planet. You know, there was those, those people that crash landed. And then they had like this whole matriarchal like, government. And one of them wanted to do their own thing and they wanted to separate and to start their own civilization and everybody's like yeah go do it it'll be great and remember that was the episode where i was like wouldn't it be awesome if after the enterprise beamed up their people that they just went and burned down their fucking village and said no we're not going to do it that way i mean right. they 100 interfered with how these people govern their planet and and run their lives and that is to blame on the enterprise 
Didn't they do that in Justice as they well? They did it in Justice as well. That's yeah. on my list, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Same fucking thing. They were like, well, get ready. We're going to have a couple to view before, and this is going to be amazing. And that was that was the sex planet where Wesley stepped in the garden. Broke and some broke flowers. Rule. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like, you got you to... Gotta, they're picking their battles of when they want to use the Prime Directive as an excuse, and I don't like that. So, but but in a way, by leaning hard on the Prime Directive and wanting to try to stay true to his interpretation of it, uh, Picard does end up setting things right in the end, because sort of. Well, sort I, of. I, yeah. I, I was I was waiting for their. You know, I've been very critical of the show that like they wrap everything up in like a nice bow at the last like two minutes, and so I like the ambiguity of this episode that you know they weren't able to make everything right. But I was hoping that, you know, in their efforts to kind of like skirt around the prime directive, that Picard was going to have some kind of like clever way where like the one species, you know, uh, you know, inadvertently, you know, told the other species about the, you know, plague no longer being there or, you know, him somehow, you know, convincing them, you know, through his actions, you know, you know that everything was going to be okay. Um, and for them just to him just to kind of send them out there on their own without the warp or the, the, the engine parts, um, seem like a little far the other way. <laughs> and I know I'm splitting hairs now, but uh, it, it seemed like there was a more clever way other than Picard just being like, ah, they'll be fine. They'll, they'll, they'll itch for, for a little while and you know, they'll come down eventually. Yeah. But I mean, they gave them, there's ended up being what, like a billion doses over four like one. Dose. Yeah. yeah. 4.2 million or, or four, eight, yeah, 4.2 million. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's going to last a while. I would imagine. Depending so, how many people are on the planet, if that's meant to, to basically cover an entire planet's worth of people, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't expect it to be as well developed as Earth or anything like that, but there's probably a lot of people. So I have to imagine that they're making drug deals like that maybe once a month, maybe once a week. I don't know. Don't but know every 72 hours, they have to take the drug. Yeah, they have to take the drug every 72 hours because the effects you know, don't last any longer than 72 right. hours. Up, up to 72 hours, but I'm sure the right. people that are super dependent on it, they're, they're popping pills every couple hours well yeah even billy bob the one you know the ones that were there on the on the ship they're like after getting the drug injection within like an hour they're already starting to act crazy again yeah so they needed more scabs on their face to be honest with you yeah yeah or like, <laughs> they were messy enough or for you. Like that. yeah um and that's another thing um kind of the lazy costume design i mean Dude. so the drug dealers were straight up disco 70s super like silvery and like leisure suit and then the addicts were you know straight out of the farm right farmer john and and hobo henry that's what i literally called them as i was watching it i was like the fuck dude this is the worst druggies ever oh yeah i don't know it just felt too on the nose to me uh that element of it did anyway um but it didn't necessarily take away the impact Mm-hmm. I think so. I know that for me, the costume design has been one of my more critical things on the show. And I get it; it's a TV show. It's cheap. They're doing it for as cheap as they possibly can. Uh, they got to really get, excuse me, a lot of episodes pumped out of these things. Um, but I just feel like so many times they just grabbed a random white person and put a couple of clothes on them that they have in, in, a, in a recycled wardrobe. And it's just not doing it for me, man. Like when I think of space travel and going to other planets, I want to see like 
crazy species and and new things. I don't want to just see some guy that I grabbed in the parking lot and just put a costume on him and he's just a normal looking white guy. You yeah, I mean? and yeah, the, and the only prosthetics going on is they've got like a little something going on at the nose. It's not quite like a, a Bajoran nose ridge, um, and that that was for the the drug dealers. And then the the addicts they had almost like a little mini cardassian uh, style uh, right. indentation on their nose, kind of thing. Um, but that was it. That I mean, otherwise, total just normal white bread humans. <laughs> right. And I mean, I just I just think of like. Things like Star Wars, like going to the cantina, yeah. and there's just a million different races, and you're like, whoa, look at that guy over there. He's kind of weird. I don't need to know anything about him. I just want to know that they exist. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just, I mean, we don't, we haven't gotten to, uh, what is, what is Guinan's bar called again? Ten, Ten forward. forward. Ten forward. Yeah, I haven't gotten there yet to where we have sort of this, this hangout happy hour sort of place yet. But I would really <laughs> like it if I just saw different species walking down the halls. And we get that with later yeah. sci-fi shows um, in the future, you know, like with your Babylon fives and your, we even your... get that with like DS nine. Yeah. DS nine. Exactly. It's a hub, right? It's this last mm-hmm. base station in the middle of fucking nowhere. And, and I, that goes a long way with me, man. I just feel like when we're in this far in space and going to all these quadrants, like someplace we've never been before, like they say at the end and curiosity, and they're going to get there and it's just some, white asshole that just steps off the platform in a in like a fucking studio 54 outfit pass i don't need that shit Show yeah me aliens. No, i totally agree with you and and these these particular two races they had to look similar because of the fact that they're meant to be kind of like um essentially you could imagine that they were born of the same planet and then just uh, right, their neighbors split off, split off to to kind of populate both of them separately, and then evolution kind of changed their appearance a little bit because they did both end up getting the plague. They are, in a way, as the name of the episode would reflect, symbiotically related to each other. Um, but it would have been much more interesting if they weren't human-looking aliens. But I 100% guarantee you, the reason why they did look human is because. They wanted the message of this episode, which of course is don't do drugs, kids. They wanted that to come through loud and clear. They want you to be able to relate to the characters that you see on the screen. And if you have some big fucking green blob alien, like the 12-year-old kid who's debating whether or not to try uh, Coke for the first time, isn't going to relate to that as he would. Just do it. White, don't be a wuss. Just do it. Right. A white and I, I think that's fair, but I, I think a lot of times, so many times we've argued on this show is that it's the actions that are relatable to us or maybe backstory, not necessarily visually or uh, I get from uh, from their point of view, from a studio point of view, that probably makes sense. But I mean, I can watch, you know, a movie with robots and find a way to relate to it, you know? And so yeah. I do think that that is, and it's more the actions that someone that a character does that I find relatable or their tragic story that I find relatable versus just looking at them. Well, as a visual medium, I think we've kind of grown over the years. Like right. for example, you know, the star Trek, the original series, everybody you're going to find on the bridge is human because we relate to humans. We relate to human space travel. We are living vicariously through them. Mm-hmm. Now our, our, Minds are a little bit more expanded 20 years later as we are in the 80s, and we have a Klingon on the bridge uh, and an android, but very much very uh, humanoid 
you know, most of the rest of everybody else that's there is humans for us to kind of relate with and be there with and see through their eyes, you know, and as kids watching the show, we have Wesley Crusher to live through and to experience through. It's not until later, uh, Star Trek, uh, series or even sci-fi shows in general that we started seeing more and more alien main characters mm -hmm. ones that aren't visually like us because we find it's like the creators the writers finally discovered or realized that you know what we don't have to have everybody normal and or, or boring and human looking for for the the audience to be able to relate to them and then they finally made stuff that's a little bit more visually appealing and interesting for us so i i feel like we're still kind of in the infancy we're like in phase two we get an Android and a Klingon. Eventually <laughs> we're going to get a lot more diversity. Yeah. I mean, it's not that far away too. I mean, I think, I think aside from uh, D space nine definitely had, had a lot of those, you know um, I mean, with like a, having a, a black commander, right. Of mm -hmm. uh, like with Cisco, you know, that was a big yeah. deal. Um, yeah. And then, um, you know, start of the show. Right. And the guy in charge. And then with Voyager, you had a female captain. Right. And a pretty diverse bridge uh, again with the Klingons. And um, you had a, a whole mixed bag of, of a crew, which I think went a long way. I remember it being a big deal, like because 90s was very political correct. Right. And mm -hmm. so I remember hearing a lot of feedback of, oh, this is the most politically correct show on TV right now and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know, man, it's just representation <laughs> goes a long way. People get mad about that stuff. It's so funny how people get so upset and offended when other people are represented on screen, it blows me away. Yeah, we look at the original series. I mean, yes, they were all human, but it was a Russian, it was Japanese, it was an African American, and then there was, you know, the actual like alien, you know, Spock on the bridge, to where, sure. you know, sure they didn't have like alien diversity, but you know, for the for for that time period, that was revolutionary. Uh, and then you know, we have like shows like Discovery now, which are just incredibly diverse and. Uh, you know, your mileage varies on you know the characters, but you know it's it's all over the place. It's got aliens on there. It's got men, women, every ethnicity, and and things in and every, people in between too. So yeah. you know you got you've got you you really do have have a, a a snapshot of just about everything in Discovery. Um, and you're right. I, I completely forgot about Spock in the uh, the original series being an alien on the bridge. I am so. I don't know. I got so so desensitized by Vulcans and how human they look that I forget that they are an alien species. Right. They got um, a bowl haircut and some pointy ears. <laughs> That's pretty and much green it. blood. Green blood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Josh, you know, back to the drugs. Did they have enough drug talk for you? Did you want to see like twenty cc's of something stat, or were you were you picking up what they were putting down? Like De Beverly Crusher, you know, she is the 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 medical officer on the ship. Uh, was she having relatable jargon to you as she was having a problem with what was going on with this alien race? I think as much as you can relate it to what goes on uh, today. Yeah. My, my, my instant jump when they were doing that was something with uh, akin to fentanyl, which is a pretty big drug out right now. And it's getting more and more cut. And it's, it's the thing that causes a lot of deaths. Uh, uh, basically it's uh, the purity can range so much on the open market on the street. And so that was, at least this was a regulated and a, almost like a big pharma thing in, in kind of a way where they were at least cutting them a product that was, was uh, they reacted to it in a way where it wasn't, didn't look like it was an overdose type of a potential. And they didn't really cover that in this episode. It was more just like drugs are bad because drugs are addicting. Not, not so much the other angle of it is 
especially if you don't know where you're getting your drugs from, that can be even more dangerous. And so they kind of missed the boat on that part of it. But the overall message, like what Randy was alluding to earlier, was was really heavy handed. But I guess that's the 80s. You know, that's <laughs> with what you can do with a one hour show there is try to get a message out to people. And, you know, drugs are bad. This right. is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Absolutely. <laughs> Any questions? Yeah, I have I feel lots like of questions. Where can I get it? <laughs> storytelling, storytelling has become, uh, or in the form of TV, like one-hour TV series, um, is a lot more nuanced now than it was in the '80s. Uh, you can get away with saying a lot more, and I think we're giving the audience credit for being a little bit more mature and have the ability to follow what we're putting down. So we don't have to be as on the nose. So that's why when we see something like that, it feels really heavy-handed, you know, because if it felt like that was what we needed at the time to get people to understand what you're the message you're trying to put out. Yeah. I think the characters are kind of the, the symptoms that they portrayed were kind of inconsistent at the beginning when their ships crashing, it crashing. It sounded like they were, you know, on pot, you know, like marijuana or something like that. They're right. Like, yeah. Whatever. Like, yeah. I guess yeah. we could fix it or I guess, you know, whatever, no big deal. Or, you know, save us or don't save us. And then they, they just transport over the drugs as opposed to them. You know, it's right. kind of a funny, funny solution to that. But then when they're going the other way, it looks like definite opiate withdrawal and you know, that kind of thing. It was just, it was fun to see how it kind of all went down, but that, they, they were heavy handed with their message, but I guess they got their message across. So I was waiting for one of them to say, I'll suck your dick. Yeah. Yeah. Opioids are weird. Cause like anytime I've ever had to, like I was in a hospital bed, right? In an emergency room. And when they inject you with one and like your face just feels like it's on fire and your whole body's burning. I don't like that feeling at all. I can't imagine like wanting to chase the dragon as they say, and have more of that. <laughs> I'm like, no, get it out. I hate it. I hate everything that's happening right now. I, I would make a lousy drug addict. So my, my only experience with, with anything like that in my adulthood was uh, the one and only time I've been in the hospital overnight. I had morphine. And um, I literally saw faces come to life in the ceiling tiles above my bed. And like not like friendly, fun cartoon faces, but fucking demon faces. And it was fucking scary. And I did not like that trip. And I do not want to revisit it. It was not a good time. Yeah, yeah my brother, had he had to... Uh... I don't remember what, what what he was in there for, but he had to take, uh, I think it was, it was either morphine or Demerol or something. And he said he remembered just like staring at the clock, just waiting for it to click down so he could take his other one. He's like, I can totally see how people get addicted to this. And uh, But yeah, he was just sitting there like, like wasn't even paying attention. We we're in the room talking to him. He's just staring at the clock. He's like, in like 46 minutes, I can have another pill or I can push yeah. the button or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Patient, patient-controlled analgesia. P- press the button. You get hit another dose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pass. Yeah. So <clears throat> I kind of feel like maybe it's time to, to render our final votes. I'm curious to see if anybody's mind got changed in this discussion. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, I mean, uh, I'll go first because I was pretty clear, you know, that sure. I was going to be an A. And uh, yeah, it just didn't hold my interest. You know, um, you know, I can appreciate the social commentary they were trying to accomplish, especially during the era of the height of saying no to drugs and, you know, Nancy Reagan being on different strokes and stuff like that. Um, but at the end of the day, it was just, the story just didn't hold my interest. And like I said, I had to keep rewinding it cause I kept missing stuff and things like that. So for those reasons, I am a, I'm an A. All right. Josh, you want to go next? 
yeah, my vote doesn't matter, but why not? I'll step in sure. here. So I started as a yay. I'll, I'll still stick with the yay, but it, it does kind of slide a little bit closer to middle ground uh, for me there. It's <laughs> If I go back on, over your guys' whole escape pod, I think you guys have been incredibly kind to some of the previous episodes, and I think mm -hmm. that overall hurts. So I don't know if this is going to be a makeup one where one that might have got a pass earlier in the season is now going to get a negative just to kind of even the scales. But yeah, I still stay positive on this one. All right. Uh, Justin, what's your thought? Um, so there's a couple things that bothered me with this episode. One was the Prime Directive. Uh, I feel like that was a cop-out only because we've seen several episodes where that didn't come into play or they mm -hmm. tossed it out the window, like I said before, um, which I find infuriating. Um, I didn't like the interaction between Picard and uh, Beverly when they were confronting the drug dealers. I thought that Beverly was just crazy town banana pants and acting... I think that was one of her worst scenes ever. Uh, I thought that she was way over the top and it just seemed very soap opera to me. I, I get that she's concerned, but I thought she was playing that just a little too hard and it didn't work for me. Um, and then the silliness of Riker's like stun look, I thought was just laughable. Um, you know, even Picard's like gambling with his life. He's like, yeah, you're not a killer. It's fine. You're just a little lick lip and, you know, addict no big deal and then there was the seat uh, i sent a video to you to randy and dave where tasha's like waving in the background like as the doors are closing it was so weird and i just i, I couldn't take the episode serious and i can appreciate the the serious subject matter but it fell short on me especially when uh wesley was uh talking like you know a child not not a teenager but like a child and I feel like he's smarter than that. And maybe, mm -hmm. yes, there is book smarts and there's street smarts. And, and he would have no idea how the street smarts works. And he would get a, a lesson any day of the week. But he just seemed so, just a little bit too innocent. Like uh, 80s sitcom innocent. And it, it didn't work for me. I, I would think that from someone that has seen the other side of the galaxy, he would have a different approach on understanding human, or just cultures and 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 what it means to to be dependent on something so it did it didn't work for me i don't i don't like it i don't approve i didn't like the episode all right um you know it's interesting what you're saying about wesley because i i agree on a lot of ways um and his mother being the the chief medical officer you would think that she would have some sort of conversation with him at some point saying you know uh there might Feels be certain medications. Yeah, <laughs> there might be certain medications that they you know that make you feel really good. You might want to take it even after the prescription runs out and when when you no longer need it. She would have had some sort of way of talking to him about drugs. He's a very book smart guy. Drugs have been a, ver a very big popular, a very big problem in a lot of different uh, cultures and civilizations, and not just humans. I'm sure all over the galaxy right and and it's even alluded to at some point in this episode you would think just from being the smart kid the book smart kid that he is he would have some rudimentary knowledge of <laughs> i read about it in a book <laughs> yeah and yeah. and and the effects and not to be completely just blindsided you know by what yeah, drugs can like make just, you feel that way what it's so know? naive yeah it's it's painful yeah, I, that, so, that's a conversation that would have been had a long time ago. 
Right. It, it really should. Be. And, and I realize that may not be a problem in humanity and that may, may, may not be a, a real problem in Starfleet, but still it's one of those things that, that should be talked about. Right. Um, that was, was going to be my point real quick was that you talked about in previous episodes, they'd had another issue that had popped up and we're like, Oh, in Starfleet, we solved that 200 years ago. That's not even a thing we deal with anymore. Headaches. Is that yeah. the case here? Yeah, exactly. Is yeah. that a case here where, where, where drug addiction is now completely gone in their thing? And so they're just completely blindsided, but obviously Dr. Crusher knew what was going on there once she, when, when she put it together. She's a very highly trained medical professional that probably also has been trained to deal with, with alien physiology and, and alien cultures as well. So where, where maybe drugs are still kind of an issue. So, so it makes sense that she would know it and be able to see the, and spot the, the, the symptoms and that kind of thing. Um, but you're right. It, it is very much like the whole headache thing. Yeah. Hell, we haven't had a drug, drug addict in 200 years. Why are we going to teach it in schools? Right. I, I get that. I get that. But still, it just feels weird. It, it, it's like my boy Wesley is smarter than that. Should be anyway. Um, but I will say that they gave they gave Tasha Yar a whole lot more to do in this episode than they have uh, for all, I, probably any other episode that, uh, so far in the series. I think she she had quite a bit of dialogue and, yeah, and she's a lot of activity up by waving on. in the background. I still I okay. So Justin, you sent that video. I haven't seen the wave in the background. I watched for it in the episode. I didn't see it in the episode. I'm gonna have to like go through and scrutinize that video to see what's going on in it uh, because it's driving me nuts. I feel like, I feel like it's something that I should have seen. It was it at the end of the episode. Is that when it happened? Yeah. It's when, it's when they just teleported the, the aliens away and Picard and Beverly are leaving that uh, transporter room. And mm. uh, it's like, have fun Yar, in the castle. Yeah. You're just like, bye guys. It was great to meet you. Yeah. The producers saw that and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna kill this woman in the next episode." <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it to you, Josh, so you can see so, it. Really yeah, I uh, appreciate that. My my final verdict is also going to be a nay. So we'll be unanimous on the nay side. Uh, I say unanimous because Josh, unfortunately, your vote technically doesn't count. Well, we can uh, have a count, but even, and, but even and if it did, to be it honest, affect anything. So. You know, like I said, I was kind of sitting on the fence and slightly yay. But the more that we've talked about it, it 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 definitely kind of starts to go down the other way. And I mean, to Justin's point about the prime directive, I think they got the prime directive. Uh, you're right. If they went, if they stepped in in the first place to save, they have a. I guess they have a duty to save. Uh, yeah, stranded life. people. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but once that kicked in and they kind of were able to to remedy that situation, I mean, I, I, I they did follow the prime directive here, I believe. So it's where there were inconsistencies in the past. I think at least they stuck with it here, and they maybe they use that as their platform or their soapbox to give their prime directive speech or to further clarify where they're going with it. So I think they handled it right in this situation, but I agree there were missteps in previous episodes. Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. And, and this time they did, they stuck with the prime directive and they did not get involved uh, directly. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. they could have easily said, Hey, these people are swindling you. You guys are fine. Yeah. It's going to suck for the next two 28 days, but you know, go to rehab and you'll be fine and you'll be smart enough to fix your ships on your own. Right now, these drugs have robbed you of your, ambition and now you are stupid <laughs> but they didn't do that uh whereas in the other episodes that we mentioned they definitely went out of their way to interfere with cultures and rules and judgments and governing bodies and then left like okay well that was a fun visit we'll see you guys later like a total team america 
you know, we're here, we're going to blow up your city and then fucking take off. Everything's fine. Well, thanks for the visit. We'll see you guys later. Uh, you know, there have been past discrepancies and maybe, maybe, maybe the guy yelled that off camera. Hey, you guys aren't following the prime directive. We need you to, you know, we, there, there was that episode where the, the admiral or whatever was, uh, interviewing them about these situations that they may be mishandled or, or did incorrectly. And you remember the crew was all standing up for Picard and saying, Hey, you know, he's actually, he did this because of this. And, you know, they had an excuse for everything and then it ended up being okay. You know, now, now that Admiral was able to say, yeah, I can trust Picard. But I mean, it's literally a resume of them doing everything against the Federation, the rules of the Federation, this philosophy, the prime directive. I can imagine this meeting that happened in their conference room or whatever, where it's basically just like, guys, we've been fucking up this prime directive thing. We really got to get back on the book here. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had seen any kind of like, uh, you know, consequences from when they broke the prime directive, like when they saved Wesley and stuff like that, to where like maybe in saving Wesley and interfering with the prime directive, like that race left the Federation or that race, you know, did something in retaliation to where, you know, we would have earned this all of a sudden, drastic shift towards the prime directive is so important. Uh, but yeah, without that, it doesn't really give agency to their decision-making. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, so maybe, maybe this is going to be uh, the first step in a, a long uh, journey of sticking very closely to that prime directive and not deviating from it. Luckily, thankfully, my memory is shit, and I don't remember in the future episodes whether we have any any really big dramatic, uh, you know, distancing themselves from the the prime directive with any of their decisions. So I guess we'll have to wait and see as it happens. So that's kind of exciting to think about. Um, while we're thinking about what's going to be happening in the future, let me tell you about next week's episode. It's called Skin of Evil. And um, it is written by Joseph L. Scanlon, which we've had, um, or sorry, it's directed by Scanlon. And uh, let's look, see. It looks like he did The Big Goodbye, which was the, um, the holodeck Fair episode. Piece. And I'm a yay already. Yeah. Looks like that's the only episode uh, that he has directed in the past so far. So that's fun. Um, and the blurb for this one is Counselor Troy is held captive on a deserted planet by a, sl- a slick, black, oily, sentient, and immortal puddle of evil. Ooh. Puddle of evil, David. Puddle <laughs> of evil. Well, I know, what that, I, I, know what that, I know what that puddle of evil does, which is why I'm already a yay for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We're, we're all going... We're, we're, we're all realizing what's coming up and we're all probably just yays for that reason alone, but I'm really looking forward to watching it again because honestly, I haven't seen this episode since I was a kid and it traumatized me. It really did because I had, I had gone to the store. I had bought all the action figures that were out for, for uh, next generation. And Tasha Yar was one of them. She was the only female figure that they released in the, uh, the, the vintage Galoob next generation toy line and only to have spoilers as if people don't know already only to have that character killed off in the first season. It was traumatic and it was kind of scary. So I'm looking forward to see how this compares to what 11 year old me remembers. So I guess we have that to look forward to next week. Josh, thank you for joining us this week. It's been really nice having another voice on the podcast. Uh, I'll see myself out to the airlock and I can't wait to see next week as well. Cause I've never seen her die. So, Spoilers for me, and I'm excited. Fantastic. 
it's not that great. <laughs> I'll be to the judge of that. Oh, I mean, it's just, I mean, you'll see it. You're just like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> so that but, happened. Yeah, I remember it being very, like, like uneventful. Like, he, like just covers her, basically, or something like that. Yeah. And throws yeah, her aside. Just kind of like envelops her or something like that, and then she's just trapped, and then I guess we never see her again. I don't know. I don't remember. It spits. It like kind of grabs her and just like throws her. I think, and then oh really? I thought it just like swallowed her. No, I think I think it just kind of grabs her and chucks her to the side, and it's over. This is gonna suck. That's how I I remember it. I I could be wrong. I, I I remember it being. Sort of just un- like like hey, there's this alien thing. I don't know what it is, and then it gets she gets close, and then it just kind of grabs and then like throws her, and, and it's over and done with. But I, I could be mistaken. That's just how I remember. Maybe maybe so, in my head, I'm remembering it being dumber than what it is. It you, know what, you know what I'm remembering, and maybe you kind of what I'm uh, like internally hoping for is Creep Show Two. Do you guys remember that movie where like there's a big group of kids they go out to like this lake and they they go swim out to this platform in the middle of it and there's this like monster it's made out of fucking like plastic trash bags it looks terrible but there's like this blob in the water and it's just like when you get trapped in it when you get sucked in like only bones and blood and shit uh comes to the surface that's in my mind kind of how i'm remembering tasha yard dying uh maybe it's just like me being optimistic <laughs> about how she goes, but I remember a much more gruesome death, um, which probably isn't yeah, going to happen. I don't, think it's, right. I don't think it's gruesome at all. Yeah, yeah. God damn it. All right. Well, like, you know what? We'll like find out. Her. We'll find out next week. I'm anxious to see it again. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, looks like our escape pod is coming in for a landing. Um, I want to urge all of you to listen to the geek legacy podcast proper. If you like all things geeky, especially this week because we have a really fun game in which Josh joins us. In fact, he crafted the game that we played for two hours and it was a good time. We had five people on the show. It was all the voices you could handle in your ears. And um, yeah, looks like we're going to be coming back at you with some, some fun stories of crew member deaths next week. So be sure to join us.